I see someone has joined the Hangout. Maybe. Possibly. Now I see number three. Hi. Hey, there's Bella. There's me. Hello. Hi. Can you guys hear me? Yep. Cool. And I'll take that as indication that at least I'm coming through. Yeah, yeah, you are. Excellent. I can hear Eric, too. Awesome. Oh, good. Well, that solves all that, then. (laughs) And let me just make sure that everybody's audio is coming through on Audacity, because, you know, if it's not even being recorded, why are we here? (laughs) Okay, I think we're good. Awesome. Well, welcome back to another episode of Scouting Stuff You Should Know. This is episode 62 of the podcast, and you've got myself, Scouter Ken, and I am joined tonight by Scouter Eric. He is back again. Hello. And new to the podcast, Bella. Would it, Scouter Bella, is that an appropriate? Uh, uh just Bella works. <laughs> All right, cool. <laughs> Uh, those of you who've been following the podcast for a while will, of course, remember Eric. He is one of the advisors for the Northern Lights Medical Venturers, and Bella is also with that group. Bella, um, why don't you just quickly describe, you know, sort of your involvement with the MedVents? Yeah, so I've been in MedVents for two years now. This is my second year going, and um, I kind of got involved through a friend, and um, it just kind of turned out to be a really cool fit for me. Like, I really enjoyed coming to meetings because every meeting you kind of get to learn more and you get to use your first aid skills instead of just, you know, getting certified. And then that's kind of all you do. Um, and it's also a really great group of people and you'll learn how to like work in a team. Um, I, I've had a lot of fun during my two years here and I've definitely learned a lot. Um, the events I think are the biggest like learning opportunities, I guess you'd say, especially the big ones. Um, uh yeah i mean well it's all well and good to learn skills but you know (laughs) ultimately it's when you actually have to put them to the test that uh you know like that's where the real learning almost exactly exactly so it's yeah it's one thing to be at a meeting and just kind of learning it and it's another thing to actually be acting on it and actually having a patient yeah exactly and that is certainly well well no that is in fact exactly what happened um eric and i were bantering just before you joined the uh joined the stream here um so (laughs) of course i ran into the both of you fairly recently because we were all present at the beaver hills river's edge cabaret which took place uh the last weekend in may on a reasonably warm weekend in a field just south of (laughs) cfb edmonton uh, which is, of course, the Canadian Forces base uh, situated just north of the city of Edmonton, Alberta in Canada. And the Cubbery, for those who don't know, I mean, I think we talked about it a little bit last year. Oh, that's right. Last year was actually, um, Cubbery last year was actually kind of a pioneering thing because that was the first time that I actually had my mobile recording equipment and me and my daughter did a little episode from uh, inside the tent late at night. And that was pretty cool. Yeah, I remember that episode. You guys did that uh, really neat little live recording. It was pretty short though, but uh, it was really cool. Yeah. Well, I mean, it was also like 11 PM when we actually sat down to do that. So, (laughs) but that was a field test of the mobile recording equipment and it worked out very, very well. I didn't actually do that this year though. Um, I think because I was addressing some other stuff at the time. And of course she's a year older and is actually, you know what, that I don't even want to get into that because it's a topic of its own and might be interesting to bring up in another episode, but you know, like she had made, uh, she's made one very solid friend in Cubs this year. And so they were off doing their own thing. And it's just like, you know what? I'm not going to interrupt that. They're having fun. They don't see each other all that often. So we'll just let that be. And I had other stuff to deal with. So no episode from Cubbery this year, but, um, Cubbery has come up on the podcast before, but for those who are maybe a little bit newer to the podcast, just a quick summary. So Scouts obviously have jamborees, which can be anything from a weekend in length, something like jamboree on the air, jamboree on the internet, to a week or even two in the case of, you know, a regional jamboree or a national jamboree or a world jamboree. And for the younger sections in Scouts Canada, we have for the Cubs, Cubberies, and for the Beavers, um, Beaveries, although I think this year the Alberta Beavery has rebranded to the Damboree, the Damboree uh, borrowing uh, a bit of a play on words from uh, 
I guess this is how they do it in England, or at least some English troops call their little get-togethers damborees. Be that as it may. Cubbery is a mini jamboree for Cub Scouts. So these are youth in Scouts Canada aged 8 to 10. And um, did you ever get like an actual head count for how many Cub Scouts we had at Cubbery this year? Um, I think um, the final number was over 250 or around 200, 200, 250, somewhere around there. Okay, Uh, that's what I heard too. The the total attendance, uh, including Scouters and um, offers of service, I believe was 400. Nice. So a good little gathering. And, uh, of course we were all camped. I mean, I like, I like what we do at the cubbery, but I'm, I, I think my one issue with it is just the site. Um, because we're just, we're, I find we're very exposed. Um, you know, like we're just out in the middle of a big grass field and there's not really even any place to retreat from the sun. So we were kind of fortunate that this year, unlike last year, um, it was a little bit cooler and it still got a lot of sunlight, but it was just a little bit cooler. Um, whether it was a little bit more tolerable, I don't think the kids were quite at the same risk of overheating, but, um, you can probably prove me wrong on that in short order here. You likely will. So, uh, as was the case last year, once again, the medical venturers were out at Cubbery and, um, how'd that go? Well, at Bella, Bella starts, she's, uh, so actually going back to Bella's involvement with the group, she's actually, um, one of our two squad ICs. Um, so in our group, uh, we have sort of more of a paramilitary hierarchy where we actually have officers. Uh, right. So we have our advisors and then we have our um, commanding officer, our executive officer. So that would be kind of like our, uh, in the venture circle, I guess, like your president and vice president. Yep. Um, and then we actually have squad ICs or well, in, IC is short for in charge. So she's in charge of a squad. Um, and so she came out Saturday, um, and was actually a really big help because, uh, unlike normally at cover or at most camps, uh, we were actually asked to run an event as well as handle all of the, uh, the medical for the camp. <laughs> yes. And, uh, well, you know, I, I mean, my group was actually one of the ones that came to that event. You know, you're doing like an emergency skills presentation, um, which was actually really quite good. The, the feedback I got from the kids was generally positive, right? Because, you know, like it it focused on fairly, like, I mean, it, it didn't get too in-depth, but at the same time, like it focused on stuff that was really appropriate to the age group, right? You know, like how to put a bandage on, not just a band-aid, but, you know, an actual like, here's a bit of gauze, here's some tape to wrap it, like, you know, a bandage, um, or some of the very basics of CPR or like how to do the splints. And I liked the splint event because of course, like that was also really, um, I always like having that discussion of, you know, like, yeah, these things we wear on our neck, these neckers, although the med vents don't wear neckers, um, you know, for the most of us, these neckers that we wear, um, they're not just decorative. Like there was always intended to be a functional purpose behind them. And this is one of those. Well, and I think there's a, an article somewhere. I, I've, you know, I've read it. I uh, have to look it up again, but there is a, a somebody who's posted 101 things you can do with your scouting necker. I have seen um, that. Including, I've seen that. Including all of the emergency care things you can do with it. So, yep. Bandage. A very ver- splint, versatile sling. piece of equipment. It is. It is. Don't be caught without it, except at an archery range. <laughs> can't, uh, can't have the youth in their neckers at archery, apparently. Or oh, yeah. climbing. Or pelletry. Or pelletry. Mm. So, you know, be that as well, And gone, gone are the days of the 22s and stuff, which also would not fly with an Ecker. No, no. Oh, oh, I had such fun with the 22s too. Anyways, that <laughs> is also a side topic for another day. Um, so yeah. And actually I, from what I saw, you managed it very, very well. Um, because you know, well, a, you were able to sort of continuously run the event. Um, despite the fact that you did have a number of patients over the course of the cubbery. Um, so, you know, kudos to you for that. Uh, you know, being able to balance between those disparate requirements, you know, not only being able to interface with the Cub Scouts and teach them about first aid a little bit, but then also actually administering first aid to Cub Scouts that had need of it. Um, and I imagine you saw all sorts of things. Yeah, this weekend or that weekend, it wasn't, uh, it wasn't the busiest and we thankfully, um, which is actually usually, you know, it's a fingers crossed thing, especially for a scouting event. There was nothing super, super serious. Um, but, uh, you know, it was being able to have uh, a good group of, especially the ventures because they outnumber the advisors. 
uh, usually when we work an event like that, uh, especially a camp. And so being able to rely on people like uh, Bella and Sarah and some of our other more senior ventures um, is a real asset. And I think that's one of the things that they learn is like, you know, delegation um, and, you know, taking control of things. Um, you know, we have kind of our checks and balances set up as far as, you know, making sure paperwork's done and, and that, you know, all the I's are dotted and the T's are crossed. Um, but, uh, you know, a lot of the, the patients and stuff and the patient contact that happens is usually just the, the ventures themselves. Um, so, you know, the pat on the back to the ventures that, uh, helped us out this weekend. Definitely. Yeah. They seem to be really, uh, they were really on the ball and that was good. Um, so, well, I know last year, uh, well, I don't know if I want to go down this road. Like, do you, can you even discuss like, you know, any specific, like, was there any particular case that, you know, kind of really stood out? It's just like, oh, okay. Like this is something that we encountered at camp that, uh, you know, like was particularly challenging or particularly surprising. Um, last year, as far as actually Bella, you were there last year as well. Yeah, there was like a, some, I think the most serious thing we had to use the oxygen tank for something. I think a kid was having trouble breathing. Was that right? I don't know. I, I believe it was allergy related. Um, I just, I wasn't actually at Cubbery last year. I just got the uh, list of supplies that were used and all the patient care reports. Yeah. Yeah. I think Mike was there and I believe it was, it was either allergies or uh, asthma. Um, mm. But um, yeah, we got him on oxygen cause he was having just a little bit of trouble breathing. And then, he, I think he was doing okay. And then we just sent him home and his parents took him to the Medi Center afterwards. Um, but he had never had asthma before or anything. So we were, we were unsure about that. So that was kind of where the advisors mostly stepped in and the, um, the venturers kind of just did like paperwork and, you know, other patients and stuff just cause we aren't trained in O2 and stuff. So it's, it's good to have advisors who are super thoroughly trained so they can actually deal with the serious stuff. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, like that's, that, that is how, like, I know Eric and I have talked about that in the past. It's like, you know, the, the med vents do have first aid training, but then it's the advisors who have seen sort of the more advanced training. And when you get to like, you know, um, the really crazy cases, I know for a fact, Eric, that you have used the phrase sucking chest wound on this podcast before, although I believe that was in relation to something in regard to something that you encountered at big Valley Jamboree, but be that as it may, um, <laughs> that's one of the things we like learn about at like every meeting like whenever we do um scenarios and stuff there's always a sucking chest wound scenario <laughs> well it's kind of a serious thing though speaking of yeah. scenarios um eric you managed to set a little something up with help from one of my youth at uh at cover <clears throat> here so um for those of you uh tuning in who weren't at cover um Eric came and sought me out kind of middle of the day on Saturday and basically asked for a volunteer from among my cub youth. And, uh, we had one, uh, young man step forward. And so Eric had contrived this whole scenario that, uh, actually I was surprised at how few people on the camp staff knew that this was being planned. Um, but, uh, Eric, why don't you go into a little bit of detail? Sure. Um, well, so like what we like to do, um, especially at events, uh, we, we typically do have a bit of downtime, uh, usually around kind of that dinner hour. Uh, that's usually when people aren't hurting themselves because they're too busy eating. Um, and so what we try and do if, if we have time is to plan a scenario. Um, and scenarios uh, we use as uh, basically like live training uh, opportunities um, for not only our ventures, but in this case, uh, we actually had uh, the security and the camp staff involved. Uh, so there was only three people, well, I guess four, including you, and then our patient would have been number five, uh, who really actually knew that we were doing a training scenario. Um, and so we had kind of set it up to uh, not only for the purposes of our ventures uh, and for the ventures that uh, had volunteered as offer of service uh, doing security, but uh, to be able to actually um, see what um, the camp's response would be to uh, a traumatic injury or, or something that was a little more serious than, um, you know, a, a cut or a, a small burn or something like that. 
Yeah, definitely. Actually, you know, on the subject of the, the Venturers working security, that one guy who was waiting for the ambulance, man, I didn't actually look at his face when we told him it was all a drill, but I wish I would have. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There, was, and, and that was part of it is that like, uh, you know, a lot of them didn't know it was a training scenario, which made it that much of a better training scenario. Yeah. So um, I'll just kind of color commentary a little bit on this one. Um, and then, you know, we can kind of keep discussing, but anyway, so yeah, what the, the specific scenario that was contrived was, you know, basically, um, the youth that had volunteered was found in the grass and we picked the most mosquito laden location imaginable. So go <laughs> us, need some water. Anyways. Yeah. The youth was found at the base of a tree, um, having evidently climbed it. And the scenario was, you know, that he's lying in the grass and he's initially conscious, but then at some point he was supposed to kind of just black out and lapse into unconsciousness. And, you know, kind of right when the, the idea was that, you know, like he'd be initially conscious and the people who got there first would be able to get a little bit of information out of him. But then by the time that the medvans actually arrived to administer first aid, um, he'd have gone dark, just passed out. And it didn't quite play out that way. He stayed conscious a little while longer. So the medvents were able to interact with him a little bit, but then at some point, um, the scenario did flip to the situation where the youth had gone completely unconscious. But yeah, I mean, it was, you know, basically a case of where, um, we got him situated in the field and then I ran off to find, um, Don, who was kind of the head of site security and, you know, just basically interrupted his campsite inspection routine with, you know, the panicked scouter. Oh my gosh, like one of my youth has fallen and he's like, I don't, I don't know what's happened. Um, and it was just off from there. And, mm -hmm. uh, and I mean, I, I think, yeah, pretty much everyone coming to it initially thought that it was like as real as real can be. Um, to the point that, you know, we even had like, you know, you could hear from like the nearby camps. It's like, oh my God, like did the kid like hurt himself? Like what happened? Well, I, I made sure beforehand, um, like I was actually watching for the first, I think three or four minutes, I was watching from one of the adjacent campsites um, so that the ventures couldn't see me. Um, but uh, I had told, I think it was like the four camps that were closest to it. Um, this is just a training scenario. Please don't call 911. And thankfully nobody did uh, for real. Uh, so we were expecting <laughs> yeah, a real awkward. ambulance. Yeah. So, uh, but no, and, and you know what, I, I have to say, like, I appreciate your enthusiasm in, um, really selling the, oh my gosh. Um, you know, I saw you running up and down the, the middle of the, um, kind of that middle path through the campsites looking for, uh, Scouter Don and his ventures. So that we're yeah. on security. Well, I mean, I just thought it was, you know, cool, right? Like, I mean, it was cool that we had a youth that was willing to step up and it was, you know, cool that we were able to really, you know, help you out with this opportunity to give your people a little bit of on the spot training in, um, <laughs> you know, sort of just this lightning round scenario. It's like, Hey, and by the way, now you have, um, you know, this kid who's fallen out of a tree and maybe his arms like messed up and he's kind of in and out of consciousness. And what do you do? Um, so when well, you, you really don't know what you don't know until you're forced to do it live and, and i think bella can attest to that and in the yeah. scenario that i know she's done um and uh like i mean bella what would you say they're the at least the three of the ventures because they're all first years but their reactions to kind of the scenario yeah so uh i mean you radioed me and i i had known beforehand because eric had told me what was going to happen just so <laughs> i was in the know but um when you radioed me um and said that there was there was a youth who had fallen. Um, all the med vents just kind of looked at me and were like, "Okay." And I was like, "Okay, what do we do?" And so they they got everything that they needed, which was really awesome. But they they were like dead serious, like they were like running down because they thought like so like something serious had happened. Um, the only thing that kind of gave them a hint that it wasn't quite real was I told them to get the training bag. Um, but other than that, they were, they were full on serious. Um, I think they I missed think, that cue anyways. Yeah. I think the main, the main thing, um, about doing a scenario, especially in the first year is they tend to just kind of, they get on the scene and they just kind of blank because they're like, oh my God, there's someone laying in the grass and he's kind of unconscious. What do we do? And so, um, they, 
they kind of just ran through like what they knew. Right. So they were just going through, they were like talking to him and trying to figure out what happened. Um, but I think especially as a, as a first year, it's hard to, um, I guess do everything in the exact right order that you're supposed to right? like ABCs and like talking and PPE and stuff like that. But, um, yeah, so it was it was interesting being on the other side of that and just kind of observing because I had been in their position before and I and I I knew how they felt. And now now you understand our distinct pleasure and the enjoyment we get out of watching you guys do stuff like that. Not only <laughs> yeah. like we it's not like we watch you guys to watch you fail, but like um you know and and especially to um the first years that did that scenario um you know, the fact that they still remained calm, they didn't freak out, they didn't totally yeah. shut down. Yes, they missed some stuff. And that's what we went through. And, you know, we're going to review it again um, at our next meeting. But, uh, you know, they continued to work as a team. Um, and I think they kind of realized once, uh, I think one of them said, I was like, I think it was a scenario, I, I think I realized it was a scenario once you were standing there and weren't doing anything. Yeah, Um, to me. But, uh, you know, and and one of them asked a question. uh, He said, Oh, well, should I do this? And then my response was, I don't know, should you? Um, But uh, that kind of gave it away, I think. Yeah. Yeah. But at the same time, yeah, like until that point, they were dead serious. And, you know, like, you're right, they, you made the comment about like blanking, and that did happen. (coughs) Excuse me, it's very dry here. That did happen a little bit. Um, you know, where the venturers were kind of just like, oh, okay. Like, uh, and then you did have to remind them, you know, yeah, your ABCs, airway, breathing, circulation, like, you know, assess the patient, make sure the patient is in fact still alive and then try and, you know, like, okay, well, how else might he be injured? Like what should and shouldn't you be doing? You know? Yeah. Yeah, And and so we, you know, breaking it, breaking it back down for them. And and it's one of the things that is kind of learned over time. Um, is kind of the method that you use to to kind of trigger your process, um, you know, and and what we've been kind of trying to you know uh, teach the youth is is that idea of like something as simple as putting on your gloves as soon as you arrive on a scene, put on your gloves, and then that kind of starts like a chain reaction of okay, I put my gloves on now, I know I'm going to you know step one, step two, step three, and you can kind of just work through it because a lot of time um, you know the adrenaline's pumping, um, you know stuff's going on. Uh, you still need to go in order. You can't skip any steps or you might miss something. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And especially for um, a suspected like spinal injury like that, there's a couple extra steps that you definitely need to take. Um, and you have to be super worried about, um, you know, moving the, the patient and um, just being super careful when doing airway and breathing and stuff. Um so that's, I guess that's why like the method of injury is so important. And that's why we were trying to get them to be like, okay, like find out what happened. What do you think happened? Um, Cause that's like a really big part of what you should do. Like right when you get on scene. Definitely. And I mean, that's why these scenarios and that's why I think I was so happy to be able to, to furnish you with the opportunity to, you know, have someone willing to act out the scenario because it's, these are important, right? You know, you don't want to be it's perfectly fine to blank on someone in a training exercise. You don't want that to be your experience when someone actually needs your help and yeah. you're doing things out of order and you're making it worse for them, you know? And, and when you screw up, um, that's like probably one of the best learning opportunities, especially, um, you know, if we can control that mix up, well, I won't say screw up, maybe say mix up. Uh, but if we can control that in such, in, in such a way and turn it into a learning opportunity, I mean, I, I can, it would take more than my two hands to count the number of mix-ups um, that I have learned things from. And so that's, like you said, it's just that opportunity to be able to see what you do and don't know, yes. um, which makes it so valuable. Yeah. To fail safely. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know. And it was good. Um And I mean, I was surprised at the youth who stepped forward. Like I was surprised that the youth who stepped forward, stepped forward because he's not usually one of my more outgoing cubs, but at the same time, it was like, really cool. Yeah, let's do this. Um, and he went right along with it. So that was good. Um, and he got to ride on the, he got to ride on the gurney. So. Yeah. And that actually reminds me, I got to get you one of our, our special crests Mm -hmm. to give to him. 
Yeah, he did a great job. Like there were mosquitoes flying everywhere, and he just stood like almost perfectly still. I know one of our med vents were trying to like swat the flies off of him, but he was doing a great job. Yeah. Oh, we picked just the worst spot for mosquitoes. My gosh. <laughs> yeah, we spent like a while trying to get all the poplar fuzz off the bottom of our uniforms. Oh, yeah. I saw <laughs> you guys had the lint brush out too. You looked like you'd been mauled yeah. by an army of kittens or something. Well, we used a lint brush, and I think we graduated to uh, tar like scraper. Was like- a hard, oh yeah, the ice scraper brush, like for your, <laughs> like just anything hard, bris- stiff, bristled enough to to try and get that poplar fluff off. Oh, I know there was just bad. well, and there was thistle on the ground too. So it was like yeah, the poplar fluff and the thistle. Oh, it's just yeah. Well, and we and then the there spot. was the the whole tick paranoia. That yes. was, it was like that was the buzzword all weekend is people thought that they were going to get ticks on everything. We had three people had show up. We had three people show up with uh, scabs that they thought were ticks. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, but you know, they drill that in like at the safety briefing, they really drill that in. Right. Like, I mean, Don, no, no fault to him, but like when he gets into like serious mode, man, like he is, You'd think anything was a, you know, you, anything that he says in that mode, he, you would take as a crisis, you know? Well, and, and to his credit, he is the DCC of safety for council. So huh. well, I believe the right it's guy DCC. For it because, oh my gosh. Yeah. Um, and, and I mean, and I guess that kind of goes into, you know, what, what kind of planning has to go into, um, an event, like, especially when you talk about, you know, having 200 kids and another, you know, hundred scouts and ventures and and all these scouters and advisors that are around like there's there's a lot of planning that has to go through and and that you have to go through not only from the organizing standpoint but i mean i'm sure you guys have a a decent amount of paperwork that has to be filled out before you can send the kids to camp um yeah a fair bit i mean not as much one of my scouters um is uh is a former guider and so you know like she provides me i mean I find the amount of paperwork to be high, but she provides some helpful context that, you know, she's like, oh, compared to what the guides have to fill out, this is nothing. I'm just like, well, that's good to know. I mean, not that I could really be involved if my daughters had gone the guiding route anyways, but that's good to know. Like, you know, it's nice to know that this is not an overbearing paperwork burden, uh, you know, by comparison to other organizations. So, but yeah, there is, there's a fair bit of paperwork that goes into it for sure more if a youth actually hurts themselves while on site. I mean, it's one thing to have to fill out the outdoor activity form or to provide counsel with a risk assessment and, you know, the list of attendees, but yeah, far more to actually then, you know, oh my gosh, a youth just hurt themselves. Well, now what do I got to do? So yeah, why don't, um, that is actually something that I wanted to sort of, you know, discuss with you about. So, you know, as as med vents, and then, you know, maybe if we can kind of extrapolate this out to, you know, general principles, Um, because like, obviously not everybody who's, you know, not everybody who is going to be listening to this, who will have an opportunity to plan a camp is going to have access to a fully trained crew of medical venturers. But, you know, starting with your own experiences of how you plan for these larger event type, you know, cub camps, scout camps, beaver camps, whatever, starting with how you specifically do it. Let's see if we can't, you know, sort of extrapolate out to, the general principle of like, okay, look, you're going to throw together a large camp for a bunch of groups in your area. Here's some things that you should try and, you know, here, here's how you want to approach planning and handling first aid at that event. Sure. I, I mean, well, Bella, how do you plan for some of these camps? Um, well, that like was a little, a little tongue in cheek, but you know, <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess myself, I just kind of, um, the first, the first aspect of it is definitely getting into like, you know, like a mindset, right? Cause you're at every camp, you're going to want to have a designated first aider, right? And that designated first aider definitely has to be, has to be prepared to not only be prepared for like the worst, like serious things that could happen, but also be prepared to be there and be like on call, even if someone needs like a band aid or like, um, gets a bad scrape and you have to take care of that. Um, but I think another really important thing is to definitely just have a spot um, to send everyone who needs first aid, like have a designated spot that everyone knows. Like I know at every camp we have like our tent or our like little little setup in a specific spot and we don't move the whole weekend or the whole event. 
Um, right. So I think, I think that's really important just so everybody knows, like in, in case something really serious does happen, people know where to go. Um, but from an advisor point of view, Eric, how do you prepare? Uh, well, I, I mean, that's where, uh, usually either myself, uh, scouter, my, uh, you know, Mike, um, is going to be in contact with the event organizer, whether it's a community event or, or whether it's one of these camps. Um, and what we want to find out is kind of, you know, what are the activities that are taking place, not only from just a information standpoint, as far as, you know, how big is the site we're talking about? Are we talking about, you know, area D on CFB Edmonton, or are we talking about, um, you know, 10 square blocks, um, you know, off of uh, at a festival on 118th Avenue in Edmonton um, and finding out what activities are actually taking place. Um, you know, there's different uh, risk assessments that go into, you know, planning a scouting event, but then we need to know what are those high risk events and what do we need to be prepared for? Um, do we need to be prepared, say if we're at, um, uh, camp woods where there's, uh, water activities, um, do we need to be prepared for water rescues or water response? Um, uh, we do have a, a couple lifeguards that we have. Um, they're vent one's a Rover, one's a venture, um, and, uh, are there high risk activities like uh, a high ropes course or an obstacle course that, you know, um, I could just thinking back to, I know you would remember this Ken, but, um, the infamous ankle break breaker at a uh, hundred plus in the, um, obstacle course when it was back out in Devon. Yep. I think almost every year somebody twisted, broke, or did something to their ankle on that one rope course that everybody was lining up for to go a second time. Um, <laughs> it was a good rope course, but yeah, it did have a tendency to take a couple scouts down. Um, um, what I'm thinking of is actually uh, a log rolling event that, uh, that my venturer crew had the misfortune of running at one particular spring thaw. Um, oh. Three broken wrists later, they shut the event down. I wonder why. Yeah, I know. <laughs> sounded like, that sounded pretty successful, but uh, for only three broken wrists. Um, and, and so, you know, that it's, it's that kind of pre-planning and then even coming down to, you know, making sure that all of our equipment's ready. We've got our support vehicle. Do we have our lights, our vehicle, like, um, tents, um, and some clear, some, some means of clearly indicating, Hey, this is the first aid tent. Yeah. And a lot of times we'll have, we have like a three meter tall flag that has a, you know, it says first aid at the top of it that, uh, we, um, providing the wind doesn't carry it away, um, will be displayed prominently. Um, and, and stuff like that. And then, you know, coming to the event, just like Bella said, you know, we're staying in one place. We're not moving around. Uh, everybody knows where we are. Everybody knows how to contact us. So, um, I guess one other thing, you know, maybe that I just want to throw in there because it was particularly relevant last year and I really hope it won't be relevant this year. Um, weather, because, <laughs> you know, like I say, again, this year, the weather was a little bit milder at Cubbery, which was really, really nice. But last year, oh my gosh, Cubbery 2017 was just, it was scorching that weekend. Yeah. Like, I, mean, um, had, I was actually, oh, sorry. Oh, sorry. <laughs> you know what, Bella, uh, you go. Cause yeah. <laughs> I was, I was actually at that Cubbery last year, um, as well. And, um, yeah, there's a different difference between what we had this year and what we had last year. Like we, I think we had, um, Oh, I can't remember how many, but we had quite a few kids coming in being like, I have a headache. Um, my stomach hurts. I don't feel very good. And we're all like, oh, do you have a hat? Yeah. Are you wearing sunscreen? Are you drinking water? the last water? sip of water you had? <laughs> yeah. Um, so we definitely, um, for most of, the, most of the camp, we had someone laying down just in the tent while trying to just, you know, get rehydrated and... Um, get a hat and stuff. Cause it was, it was scorching and people just, they, yeah, there were, there were repercussions. Of course the second but this part, year was oh, sorry, good. go on. Yeah. No, no, that's it. Oh, no. Okay. Yeah. Um, right. Sorry about that. Uh, sorry. The second part though, of what I wanted to say was that, uh, two weeks later it was beavery and that was the completely opposite problem set. Yeah, you know, the because the, the medvents were there too. They had you set up in one of the cabins, as I recall. Um, yeah. I, remember, oh, I brought my yeah, beavers by to tour. Um, but you know, you went from the scorching heat of Cabaree to 
the pouring rain the of pouring beavery. rain of beavery. And you know, now instead of having youth that had overheated and you're just trying to get them cooled down and rehydrated, you had the opposite problem. You had youth that just literally <laughs> were getting too darn cold. Yeah. I'm um, actually to the scouters credit on at, at beavery. Uh, I, I don't even think we actually had a patient on that. Well, we were only there on the Saturday and it was mostly just to cover for events. Um, but, uh, you know, the scouters did a really good job and uh, as well as the event organizers who did, um, beavery that, uh, you know, uh, and I'm sure you can attest to it. They made sure the kids were getting hot chocolate that, you know, they're moving around. They're not just sitting at an activity station. Um, and, uh, th- there were a couple that, you know, had to take a time out and, you know, get warmed up, but, you know, they've got fresh pairs of socks on that are dry. Um, they've got their rain gear on. And that type of thing. So, and that all comes down, you know, when you look at pla- uh, event planning from or camp planning um, from a scouter's perspective, is like, you know, have you gone through with your kids? What do we need to bring to camp this weekend? Who's checked the forecast? You know, are we expecting rain? Or are we expecting thirty-five degree weather like you know, Cabri last year? Mm-hmm. Um, right. So those 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 factor in, and as well as you know, anytime you have a early-ish spring camp. Um, like hundred plus, you know, we were, you know, I think we had a, every imaginable weather, you know, within those years of, of, uh, hundred plus where there was six inches of snow or, you know, uh, yeah, 10 centimeters warm, of rain, it was freezing or it was raining or it was somewhere in the middle there. Yeah. We've seen it all. And so being, being prepared for that, you know, is just part of the scouting motto is, you know, are we ready for anything that this weekend is going to throw us or this camp is going to throw us or um, even just that, you know, day hike that we're going to take as a group. Well, and I think there's, Oh, sorry. You go ahead, Bella. Oh, uh, I was just going to mention that there was, um, uh, I forget. I think it was this winter. There was a camp that we did out at, I, I can't remember, but it was a weekend where it was just so cold. Like it was freezing out. It was like, I think it was minus 30 one day. But, um, we had, um, a, what we called the unprepared scout list where, cause they, we had over, over like 30 kids, different kids come in and being like, my feet are cold. Like, um, I'm cold. I want to come in. So we had like, we had to set up like a little area for kids to come in when they were cold. Um, and basically the questions we ran through was, do you have socks? Are they wet? Do you have another pair of socks? Do you have gloves? It was a lot of just those things. Um, yeah. But you or, definitely or, or it to... was or it was actually where are your gloves? Where is yeah. your toque? Exactly. Why do you not have snow pants on? Yeah, and so it, it's a lot of just kind of being prepared to deal with kids that are super cold. I know we had one that was just super super cold and like he he didn't really have any extra socks or anything and we laid him down on the bed and i think eric you like microwaved a uh, blanket yeah i i moistened a blanket a little bit and then microwaved it so it would get really warm and uh we put that uh, on top of uh one of our thermal emergency blankets to try and get him warmed up a bit more right yeah well, and I mean, like, you know, you're exactly right. Um, I mean, Bella, you've said like the scouting motto about five times and then I've lost count, but <laughs> it, a lot of it, and you know, it's funny because like, like where I, okay. So I'm up in Fort McKay right now, um, fairly far to the North in Alberta. Uh, I'm doing some work, uh, for Suncor this week. And so of course I've gone through all of their safety indoctrination and like, they're big on the fact that. They're, like they're one of their main mantras is that every accident is pre- uh, preventable. And while I'm not sure I'm a hundred percent on board with that, I think some accidents are, you know, just genuinely whatever they are, um, potentially unavoidable. But I, I do think that there's a strong lesson there is that, you know, like you can do a lot to minimize, um, the need for first aid intervention with, a little bit of extra preparation, right? Um, yeah. You know, it's, I mean, socks. Socks is like the one thing I think my beavers and cubs are sick of hearing about from me. But that is like, you know, my thing. It's like, oh, and by the way, pack extra socks. It's like, if, if you're going yeah. for one night, have at least two pairs, maybe even three. Um, just, you know, overdo it on socks because if any part of you is going to get wet and therefore cold first, 
it's probably going to be your feet. So mm-hmm. be ready for that. But just in general, you know, sort of extra, you know, looking at that sort of in a bigger picture way, that sort of advanced preparation, right? You know, okay, it's going to be 29, 30, 31 degrees this weekend. Have a big water bottle. Let's make sure the group has extra water. Let's make sure, you know, that if, uh, if nothing else, let, let's, you know, someone just stop at save on, on the way to camp and make sure that we pick up like a, a 12 pack of water bottles so that if anybody does forget their water bottle, we can be just like, here, drink this and then use it to carry water. Um, make sure, you know, every time the kids are between an event, sit them down for five minutes and say, okay, here, have some water, make sure there are snacks. Um, make sure they're putting on sunscreen, make sure they have hats, all of these things. And, you know, like, I mean, we had some youth show up. They didn't have hats. I walked over to the headquarters tent and I got the clown neckers, you know, mm-hmm. uh, at Cumbria. Well, and, like, and that's, you know what, that's else, where like, you know, like, bandana. like you said, though, with especially the younger sections um, and dealing with them, um, I mean, they're energetic and they want to go out and do stuff and they'll tire themselves out and, you know, start to show symptoms of heat exhaustion much before you or I will um, and it's getting them in that habit of, yeah, I need to make sure I have sunscreen on. And, you know, they aren't always going to think about it because they don't, you know, that's not in their train of thought, you know, no. to, oh, I should probably put sunscreen on. But, you know, as scouters, again, that's part of your preparation um, for a camp and being, okay, well, let's make sure that we, you know, we throw a couple extra things of uh, bug spray and a couple extra things of sunscreen in our, you know, well, we used to use scout boxes. And so, you know, packing before the event, uh, or before camp, you know, let's just make sure that we have a couple extra things of sunscreen in our patrol box or, you know, and yeah, like you said, grab an extra flat of water. I mean, what's that going to cost you? But, you know, at the end of the day, it could, you know, save you from, you know, dehydration or, um, and, and making, getting kids in the habit of just drinking water. Yeah. Drinking um, water, having and, a little bit of a snack, you know, just taking a couple of minutes, you know, okay, we just finished an activity. Great. We all had fun on the ropes course. Good. Everybody sit down. We're going to drink something. Here's a granola bar or here's a piece of fruit or just something like have a little snack, have a drink of water. Everybody got their sunscreen on. Good. Everybody still got their hats. Good. Okay. Next event. Let's keep going. Mm -hmm. Um, But just, yeah, it's taking those extra steps of, you know, and, and I mean, like this is something for the event organizers to, you know, really sort of impress upon attending groups. It's just like, hey, here's some things, you know, some extra considerations, you know, like this is what the weather is looking like. This is what we're expecting it to be. You know, this is the nature of the activities that we're doing. So, you know, here, here are some things that you as a group can do to lessen the risk that, you know, one of your youth is going to need the services of our first aid team. I mean, you know, like, okay, fine. We had Jack axe there. Like we were doing axe throwing. It's one thing if a kid drops an axe on his foot, um, you can't really do much about that, <laughs> but there are a lot of things that will also end up people in the first aid tent that can be prevented with just, yeah, that little bit of extra preparation and a little bit of just diligence on the part of the scouters, you know, kind of guiding the youth through, uh, the day. Mm-hmm. And, and I mean, for most of the injuries that we saw at least last weekend, um, I would probably say that three quarters of them are not necessarily, you know, scouter preventable. Um, you know, a lot of them are kid gets something in his eye, whether it's sunscreen or, um, some dust or something and they keep rubbing it and it irritates. And, and, and it's, it's those types of things that that's why we're there to hopefully, um, either assess or, or, or mitigate, you know, the need for having a kid go home, which is, you know, Unfortunately, you would never want to have to send a kid home. Um, and if there's somebody around that can provide some first aid care at a more advanced level to, um, you know, just make sure everybody can stay and have fun, um, then so be it. Um, you know, we, we had a couple people come up to us and was like, oh, do we come to you for a Band-Aid? And our response was, do you want to fill out the paperwork? And they would go, nope, we have a first aid kit. So, and, and, and there's that too, that, you know, yes, you can come to us if we're at a, at a camp for a bandaid, but, uh, uh, we have paperwork that goes along with it. So there's that part too. Um, whereas, you know, dealing with it on your own, um, within your own, um, group, then, you know, whatever protocols you guys have set up within 
that fall under the scouting guidelines, um, so be it. Um, but, uh, you know, we, we have to record everything. So. Well, totally. And not just because, you know, like that's what's expected of you as the official first aiders at the event, you know, the council does want that documentation. Um, but then also because you're consuming supplies, which your group has to, you know, procure and finance. So, mm-hmm. you know, you need to know, oh yeah, we gave out 30 band-aids. Well, I guess we need to put 30 band-aids back in the kit. Yeah. And that's, and you know, it was one of those things that's been kind of growing pains, uh, you know, with, uh, having that understanding with, um, the different camps and the organizers that, uh, you know, we, we supply a service and, you know, we're not, we don't charge to come out. Like, it's not like we're paid to be there. Um, but I mean, we have costs associated with having a vehicle that is full of supplies and we bring out fancy equipment that, you know, it's not just toys for fun. They're, you know, stuff that in the event of some catastrophic medical emergency that might have to be used. Um, and, uh, for the most part, you know, uh, a lot of the camp organizers are, you know, extremely enthusiastic to have a group that's willing to come out and, you know, they don't have to, they just kind of say, here's where you're going to be set up and they don't have to worry about first aid for a whole weekend. Maybe a note to group organizers. If it's within your budget, do consider a stipend for your first aiders if, you know, you do have a dedicated group coming in. Um, Because you know what? Those supplies sometimes aren't the cheapest. No, no. And I mean, yeah, like uh, an average camp uh, over the last two years, um, we've basically averaged about uh, for most camps, uh, full weekend camps that are attended by more than I think it was what the average we put in was like 200 youth. So th- those are the sizes of camps we were attending. Um, our average for supplies was anywhere from between about 125 to $250 worth of material for a whole weekend. And that was seeing anywhere from 15 to, I think the highest was 45 patients in one weekend. And I mean, like, obviously, like on the one hand, that's a significant cost for an individual group uh, to bear or an individual, you know, company of venturers to bear. Um, I mean, I don't know what your budget's like, but you know, a couple hundred bucks is nothing to laugh at for your average scouting group. Um, but at the same time, for something like an event budget, that's a relatively small line item. For sure. And I mean, if you could, if you could go to your parent group, like, so, um, Scouter Ken, if you were going to go to a camp and if you told your parents, well, if we charged to the parents, if you said, well, for 50 cents for the whole weekend per kid, um, to have a trained and equipped first aid staff, would you parents be opposed to that? And the answer is usually no, but it's getting that mindset of, what the what what advantages it 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 actually um has to have a a fully trained staff that you know first aid is no longer a headache you have to worry about if you have you know a medvent company or or a a team that is willing to you know uh step up and do first aid for for an event or your camp definitely all right well unfortunately i have to be up super early so i'm going to have to start winding this down Um, I did have one shout out that I wanted to give, uh, and this is actually, she flagged me down at camp. Um, I own a Bailey and she actually sent in a message a while ago. Um, she had a question for the podcast. She says, have you thought about badges yet? I know like you don't have enough crazy in your life, but seriously, I am a badge person and would buy them. You have the image already that you use for your podcast. And if you list them to sell before you make them, you might even be surprised from the response. Even if badges are a North American thing, think about it. Thanks. Do love your podcasts. So Iona, um, yes, have thought more about the badges. Actually, I have, uh, design file that I've been slowly working on when I have spare minutes. Um, so I just, I'm not quite happy with it yet. So I got to tweak it a little bit more, but at some point we will be doing scouting stuff badges. Um, and then I will figure out how best to offer them to the community, whether it's a case of where I just go to zone West and buy a whole stack and then, you know, just, um, arrange to sell them to people individually or figure out some way for people to order them online. I don't know. I haven't gotten that far yet, but, um, Eric, I think you had a shout out too, that you wanted to give. Yeah, and actually, uh, so at camp, we were fortunate enough, uh, we have made a good contact um, with a local business. Uh, it's Arcan Trailer and RV in Edmonton. Um, and when you talk about, you know, 
being mobile and able to set up, uh, they lend us their special events trailer, um, which is kind of like our home away from home for the weekend. Um, and it allows us to, you know, be right next to our first aid tent and, uh, yeah, just be set up and ready to go as soon as we get there. Um, so yeah, just a, a shout out to, uh, I believe the guy's name is Chris and the, the guys over at, uh, Arcan, um, in Edmonton. Sorry, just making a quick note about that. Yep. Yeah. And I mean, it's definitely helpful to have, um, the trailer because I know last year at the Cubbery, um, I just had this tiny little tent that I had to share with someone else. And it was, it was, it was a time. It wasn't, it wasn't the greatest. <laughs> it was just, it was lucky that it was warm out. Yeah. Well, and, and, you know, we get woken up at all hours. So to be in and out of a tent really sucks. So. Yeah. And if no, I, no. like I was on the top bunk, so I just got to ignore whoever was knocking at the door because I wasn't closest to it. So that's another <laughs> bonus. Awesome. Well, Thank you for that. And of course, as always, a, a big thank you to the folks at Scouting Radio for rebroadcasting our episodes to their worldwide scouting audience. If you're listening to us on Scouting Radio right now, please do let us know. Reach out, get in touch. We would love to hear from you. Colin's not here to do the question that he usually does, so I'm just going to tell you, you can email us, scoutingstuffpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, if you go to scoutingstuffpodcast.com, you can actually also leave us a voice message. Just pop out the sidebar and there'll be a link there. Um, that same link or uh, the same widget is available on our Facebook page. There's a voice message link there as well. Facebook.com slash scoutingstuffpodcast, Instagram.com slash scoutingstuffpodcast, or Twitter.com slash podcast because you still only get like 15 characters in your Twitter handle. Oh, well. Um, or you can leave us a review on iTunes. Um, I don't know. Anything else, Eric? Um, no, I'm, I'm good. I'm good as well. Awesome. Well, thank you both for, uh, coming out tonight for discussing first aid at camp and the Medvent scenario. That was awesome. And, uh, thank, thanks to your youth for, uh, for stepping up and, uh, it's, uh, yeah, it was a really good weekend. So I hope we... I hope he learned something and maybe he's going to be a future med bent in the uh, you know, next five years. Shout out, Jack. There you go. <laughs> awesome. All right. And thank you everyone out there for listening. And until next time, be prepared. Be prepared.